The Wausau River Wolves, Culver's, and the Salvation Army of Wausau have partnered together for a special night on February 14th. All fans are encouraged to bring a new or gently used teddy bear to the game, and when the River Wolves score their first goal of the game, fans then throw their teddy bears onto the ice to benefit kids in north-central Wisconsin. Don't miss this unique promotion. Get your tickets online at riverwolveshockey.com. Welcome back inside the den. It is uh, episode eight, and I am Jake Senholz, and we have a uh, a bit of a different but uh, good, great episode for you here today. In lieu of a players only segment, I sit down and have about a twenty minute conversation with head coach Colin Bailey, who also acts as the GM of this uh, Riverwolves squad. He's in charge of recruiting, uh, trading players. Uh, bringing players in at pretty much uh, at any time. If there's a new player on the team, it is because uh, Coach Bailey wanted him there. He also has the power to uh, trade away players, to sign players to a tender, and uh, to pick which players they want to uh, draft, and all those things and much more coming up in my uh, about 20-minute conversation with Coach Bailey. So uh, quite an in-depth conversation, and I want to say thanks to him right away off the bat for spending that time with me. And thanks to you for uh, being here with us through eight episodes. And uh, don't forget this weekend, we have our wonderful Palm Beanie Hat giveaway coming up that is on Saturday night. And you can learn more about that in my conversation with uh, Zach Surway coming up right after this. But I guess should go back a little bit and uh, tell you that the River Wolves started off a busy month of January. Lots of home, uh, home hockey here in the month of January for the River Wolves. Uh, Wolves only were at home for two games over the entire month of December. Things much different here in January as uh, last weekend they hosted St. Louis for back-to-back set of games. This weekend they welcome in Granite City for a back-to-back set of games. And uh, then they go on the road next week to Cooley Region and to Rochester. But uh, against St. Louis... The River Wolves started off hot. They uh, really, especially in game one, they really looked like they'd be in it all the way to the end. Uh, tied up the game. They ended up going down one to nothing in the 5.30 mark. And then just a few minutes later at the 8.01 mark, Raleigh Carlson put in a uh, beautiful goal uh, assisted by Mitch Adulski and Jake Minch. And you kind of thought that would get the fire going. Uh, this River Wolves squad has not won a game in a long, long time. And St. Louis is a team they've been very competitive with uh, throughout the entire course of the season. So you thought maybe we were going to get a competitive game here. Uh, ended up not being the case as just 35 seconds later, Trey Walton would make it a 2-1 to one lead for St. Louis. And St. Louis never looked back, winning this game by a total of 8-1 to one. Uh, goaltenders in this one. Brett Tomey had a fantastic weekend overall for the St. Louis Junior Blues. In game number one, he made 30 saves on 31 shot attempts. Uh, so about a 96 point something save percentage there for Brett Tomey. Uh, Tyler Klatt started this game. He made nine saves on 12 shot attempts. And then he actually had to leave the game uh, for a number of minutes, uh, actually three minutes and 47 seconds to be specific, because he got injured. Uh, Tanner Escrow was pushed into Tyler Klatt by a uh, junior blues player. And Tyler was focused on covering the puck. He did not even know Tanner was there. So he took the hit pretty hard. 
ended up laying on the ice for maybe five minutes or so and then had to leave the game for uh, three minutes and 47 seconds of playtime. In relief was Joseph LaForge, and uh, Joseph made two nice saves to start off this uh, short relief appearance, but then ended up giving up his third and final shot. So right after that goal, Klatt came back in and had a really nice uh, recovery. He made 20 saves on 24 shot attempts. So uh, all in all, Klatt making 29 saves on 36 shot attempts for the night. Joseph LaForge made two saves on uh, three shots. And then the next night, uh, River Wolves came back and they were, or at least I was expecting, an even more competitive game because of the way that the previous game started. And now the River Wolves know, knew what to expect from uh, the opposing squad. Unfortunately, uh, Tanner Escrow was serving game number one of his two-game suspension for uh, some choice words that he shared with the referee. So uh, the River Wolves already were in a tough spot without their assistant captain, but they ended up only losing this game by a score of 6-1. to one. The lone goal for Wausau once again coming in the first period this time off the stick of Ian Raditz, assisted again, uh, by Jake Minch and Dane Remringer. And as we've seen way too often throughout the course of the season, the River Wolves uh, turn around and give up a goal within the following minute of getting one of their own. Uh, that happened in game number one. It did not happen in game number two. However, at uh, the 10.56 mark, so just 14 seconds after Ian Raditz scored, Jake Minch, who assisted on that goal, would go to the box two minutes for a kneeing minor. So the River Wolves continuing to find ways to uh, hurt themselves after scoring the initial goal in the game. Thankfully, uh, Wausau was able to kill off that penalty, and they didn't give up the second goal of the game until the 1922 mark when Joey, Sol Joey Salamando pulled one in, assisted by Jacob Winthrop and Joey Bacardi. And uh, goals in the beginning and end minutes of the period are just as bad as goals within a minute of scoring one yourself. So uh, River Wolves managed to uh, not give up one immediately after they score, but they do give one up with just uh, 38 seconds remaining in the period, which would prove to be killer as St. Louis came out, started fast in the second period, netted three goals of their own, and then one more in the third period to give us a final score of 6-1. to one. Brett Tomey with another nice night. He uh, had 29 saves on 30 uh, shot attempts. So Tommy only giving up two goals all weekend while making 60 saves. So uh, he earned his good numbers. The River Wolves were able to put some shot or pucks on net. Uh, often you see uh, goaltenders with 96% save percentage plus only having to make about uh, 15 saves or so in the game. Not the case for Tommy this weekend who put together a uh, really nice effort for his Junior Blues team. Tyler Klatt played the entirety of this one making 45 saves on 51 shot attempts. So a, uh, a tough weekend of hockey on the scoreboard, but a lot of positives, a lot of things to uh, take and work on moving forward and uh, take the momentum, the, the positive things you were able to do against St. Louis and hopefully do them even better against this uh, scary Granite City team. Currently, Granite City sits... In second place in the West Division with a record of 25 wins and five losses. And uh, Granite City, everybody knows, at least if you pay attention to uh, NA3 a little bit, Granite City, one of the perennial powerhouses. They are a 10-year-plus program, and they are at the top of the NA3 every single year. 
Uh, they have a lot of talent on their team, and the the entire team can score. All the way down through uh, about 20 guys have double-digit points this year. They are led by Carson Simon, who has 32 points on the year, Bailey Summers, who has 31, and Blake Spetz, who has 30. So all three top guys currently sitting at over 30 points on the year. And just to kind of compare that to where the Riverwolves sit, uh, Riverwolves' top guy this year has 28 points in Casey Couture. Mitch Adulski has 26. Raleigh Carlson has 25. So uh, pretty even as far as the top three guys, but then it drops all the way down to Tanner Escrow at 16. And you have to go about 12 players deep on this Granite City squad to uh, get down to the first man who has 16 or less points. So uh, Granite City, obviously going to be a very tough opponent, uh, tough to contend with here. But uh, the, the hope that the Riverwolves have is uh, that Granite City's overlooking them and the fact that they are on the home ice mixed with the fact that hopefully we're going to have a pretty good crowd because of that beanie giveaway. And uh, given the fact that football season is coming to a close, a lot more people hopefully going to be making their way out to the Riverwolves game. So who knows? Maybe the Riverwolves can uh, shock everybody and come out of this weekend with uh, at least one victory here against a dangerous Granite City team. Can only expect that we'll see Tyler Klatt in the net again this weekend, at least for game number one. Uh, I was not able to confirm that with Coach Bailey, but uh, that's what I would assume given what we saw last weekend against St. Louis. So hope to see you down at the uh, Marathon County Ice Arena for both games on Friday and Saturday, the 10th and 11th coming up this weekend. Don't forget, you can always follow the Wausau River Wolves on any or all of your favorite social medias by searching Wausau R Wolves. You can follow me online uh, by searching Senholes on Sport on Twitter or Senholes on Sports on YouTube. Uh, don't forget, just last week I did a fantastic interview, it was also about 20 minutes long, with Olympic gold medalist uh, and Wausau River Wolves defenseman Tyler Balsarak. So I encourage you to uh, please go check that out. Tyler has an awesome story and uh, was willing to sit down and share it with me in long form. So if you uh, go check that out and feel free to share it on your own social media pages or uh, comment on it. Let us know what you think. So stick around. Uh, as mentioned, the rest of the podcast is uh, my interview with Director of Business Operations, Zach Surway, and then my sit down with head coach slash GM of the River Wolves, Colin Bailey. We've got all that coming up for you right after this. Don't miss a minute of River Wolves hockey this season. Catch all the games streaming live online at hockeytv.com. And welcome back inside the den. As always, Director of Business Operations Zach Surway joins me. And uh, Zach, this weekend we have the giveaway I'm probably looking forward to most. It is that uh, beanie giveaway hat, the uh, pom pom beanie, and uh, they're nice purple hats with the uh, Riverwolves logo on them. They, uh, I, I've seen them already. They are uh, really nice. So you're. Not going to want to uh, be the 251st person in the building because then you're not going to get one. So, uh, Zach, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what we got coming up this weekend and then at the end of January as well? Yeah, so we have uh, a two-game weekend again this weekend, Friday and Saturday night. Uh, Friday night um, at 7.30 and then Saturday a 7.30 game as well. On Saturday, uh, like you said, we're giving away Palm Beanie hats to the first 250 fans. Um, and that's presented by National Dental Academy of Wisconsin. Uh, like you said, they are really nice hats, and uh, 
That's one of the things that we pride ourselves on is providing a, a giveaway that um, you know is of, of high quality, not just uh, you know doing a giveaway to say that you did a giveaway, but doing something that is actually valuable and that people will you know enjoy um, and see value in with that. So really looking forward to to that this Saturday. So. Make sure you get to um, the ice arena early. The door is open uh, at 6.45 that night, uh, and the puck drops at 7.30. So um, I do recommend that you probably get here by 6.45, because I'm guessing there would be quite a bit of a line, and obviously you don't want to uh, to miss out on that, because that would, that would not be fun, um, for sure. But then uh, in a couple of weeks, we're on the road, uh, we head down to Cooley and we have an off weekend and then uh, down to Rochester and Peoria, but we're finally back home the last day of January then, Friday, January 31st, uh, just in time for a nice $2 beer night presented by Budweiser um, that night. And uh, we're expecting one of the bigger crowds uh, that we've seen all season this weekend on that hat giveaway night. So as Zach said, make sure you get here by about 6.45. Uh, if you want to ensure that you grab a hat, it's also extremely fitting. The hats are going to be very useful this weekend as it is extra cold inside the rink this weekend. Just a bit of a compressor issue, but uh, hey, it's a hockey rink. It's supposed to be cold in there anyway. But your hat going to be put to uh, great use during the game as well. So uh, as Zach mentioned, $2 uh, beer at the end of the month. And uh, you want to touch on anything uh, coming up in February or are we going to save that till next week? We'll save that uh, to next week, but as always, uh, fans, you can get your tickets online. Uh, you can get them right at riverwolveshockey.com and uh, get your tickets. And again, tickets are going uh, pretty fast for Saturday. We do have some availability for Friday night's game, uh, but tickets are going rather fast on Saturday. And Zach, uh, we haven't mentioned this in a while, actually. You want to uh, maybe just give the listeners a refresher as to their opportunities with uh, Howler's Corner and uh, the Budweiser Loft. Yep, uh, so we, we do have a couple dates available for group outings either in our Howler's Corner or Budweiser Loft. The Loft is a really nice uh, eagle's eye view almost, if you will, of the um, playing surface. You can get tickets and snacks uh, for uh, 10 people just for $100 or you can get drink tickets included. Um, so tickets, snacks and beer, that gets you, again, two drink tickets per person for just $175. So, uh, and then over at the Holler's Corner, uh, there's all kinds of different options from tickets and snacks to beverages and to having food included uh, as well. So a lot of different options for people depending on what they're looking to, to do with their group uh, out at a River Rolls game. And again, you can find this info over at riverwolveshockey.com or by contacting the Riverwolves uh, front office with any uh, questions or concerns. So, uh, Zach, short and sweet this week, but we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thank you. Whether it's an employee outing, youth hockey group, school group, birthday celebration, or customer appreciation night, bring your group together and share in the excitement of Riverwolves hockey. Take advantage of our group ticket packages today. Be the office hero and book your group outing with the Riverwolves. For more information on group nights, visit riverwolveshockey.com. Uh, welcome back inside the den, everybody. Uh, today, joining us once again uh, for the second time, I believe, in the history of the podcast, it is head coach of the Wausau Riverwolves, Colin Bailey. And uh, instead of players only today, we're going to do uh, something a little bit different since we've reached, actually, we're past the halfway point of the season now 
Uh, so uh, even though a lot of hockey left this year, a lot of things left to focus on this year, um, coaching staff and organization also are already looking forward to uh, the next season and everything that it entails there. So we've got Colin with us today to uh, kind of discuss uh, preparations for next season as well as what's going to happen to uh, the players who are uh, entering or are in their final year of the NA3 this year and where they're going to go after that. So uh, all that and more coming up here in this conversation with uh, head coach Colin Bailey who joins me right now. Coach, how are you doing? Hanging in there. How are you doing? I am doing all right. Um, thanks for being here with us today. Yeah. I guess we're just going to kind of uh, treat this like a stream of consciousness <laughs> type thing. Just have a, a bit of a conversation. I guess starting with um, recruiting. So uh, your assistant coach, uh, Jacob Smolovich, had one year in recruiting before he got into uh, coaching, so I'm sure he helps you out as well. But sure. as the head coach, it is uh, mainly your responsibility for player yep. transaction, find your players for next year, and, and things like that. So um, amongst the busy season, I mean, you guys have an unbelievable amount of games. You're traveling all the time. The season is long. How do you find time to still recruit during the season and look forward to next year? And I guess... Where is the recruiting mostly coming from? Are you watching other NA3 teams? Are you going to high school practices, games? Like, uh, kind of just ballpark where most of the recruiting comes from. Sure, sure. Uh, so in season, um, it's a lot, of, a lot of miles on the car. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, thankfully, we don't have many Thursday games. Um, so we're able to make most of the high school games. Uh, we're really trying to hone in on the 60-mile radius for Wausau and try and make this, you know, a central Wisconsin uh, team, you know, because, I mean, I'm a central Wisconsin product myself, and, you know, I'd like to like to make this more of a uh, local local team here, um, but you know, like you said, it's a lot of miles. You know, a lot of time on the road. You know, a lot of a lot of podcasts and a lot of time in the rink. Which I mean, you know, there's there's nothing I love more than just getting paid to watch hockey. So I mean, I can't really complain. But you know, and it's it's a uh, it's kind of a process because you know a lot of these kids don't you know especially early in the season like this you know they're trying to process. Do I want to go to school? Do I want to keep playing hockey? A lot of them don't really don't really you know. Have, have the have the mind made up yet but um, so it's kind of trying to pick out you know what kids are interested in playing hockey and you know making those phone calls to the coaches so you know you're not driving all over Timbuktu just to you know waste your time and whatnot but um, and it's continuing to you know I, I have kids from last year who you know were like hey I'm not I'm not necessarily interested in this year I need another year of you know staying at home or whatnot but I'm interested in coming back next year and so it's it's staying in touch with those kids and you know, I've built a quite a quite a few relationships through that that I'm hoping pan out for this year and uh, go from there. But it's you know it's quite a process in season and then off season once the showcases start going, lots of travel, um, you know, lots of talking, lots of phone calls. But you know, it's it's a tedious process and you know many people have said you know tier three recruiting is it's the hardest job in hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and you know it really really kind of is you know because you look at it and you know not to make this sound bad but you know not people aren't really wanting to play tier three. You know, they're, they're looking to play that, that free hockey, the NA Tier 2 hockey, and, uh, you know, really convincing that, hey, you know, it's, it's not a failure to come play here. You know, it's, it's a stepping stone. You could, you could develop. You could get so much better and then move on to those, you know, next levels with the relationships that are made. So that's a, uh, that's a big part of it as well. Especially with those kids that are, like, they don't have their mind made up really, as you mentioned. Like, they love hockey but not really sure if they're going to continue right. after high school and stuff. And then – to also consider, well, I'm gonna have to go to a pay-to-play league. Right. That probably adds even more on to, onto the decision. So with you being there, I'm sure it's a lot of conversations back and right. forth, and um, just assurance and uh, I guess assurance and not really uh, promises, but just like uh, what you can offer these kids and and make it worth them right. spending their money to yep. try and have an opportunity to move on to the next level. Another thing that's probably really difficult about tier three recruiting is like. 
you don't necessarily get the very top kids right. on whatever team you're watching because those kids are probably being heavily recruited yep. into even higher leagues. So you have to maybe work with the middle tier kids yep. in the team and try and get the best available uh, exactly. out of those type of kids. So definitely a lot of challenges that you run into, um, and I'm sure even more so, uh, more so that that uh, weren't mentioned here. But what about you said a 60 mile radius? But obviously you can't get the whole team from within 60 right. miles. You do have kids like. Uh, for example, this year you have uh, Kelsall and Miller, who are from right. opposite ends of the country. One Arizona, one Pennsylvania, and I believe you got you acquired them through trades. Yeah, right? both of them were through trades. Yeah. So how would you go about besides through eventual trades? Like, is there a strategy or a plan in place to try and reach further yep. areas of the country? Yeah, and so that's mainly off-season stuff with the showcases. I mean, kids spend you know crazy amounts of time just trying to get their names out there and get seen by all these people and so they'll travel they'll travel all over the country i mean the, at the na you know the na leagues put in put on some great events uh the na combine going on in, in march and april um you know multiple events as well as the na camps that you know summer camps going on that you know pre-draft um main camps all that stuff you know where they're they're trying to get there but maybe those kids that aren't quite there yet you know you got to look for those diamonds in the rough and it's it's quite a process, and you know you got to be you got to be feel comfortable with hearing no a lot, you know, because I mean the percentage of the kids that you're going to be talking to, I mean, you know, talk to a hundred kids, you'll maybe get two, you know, sure. and it's and it's you know it's it can be extremely frustrating at times, but you know you just got to kind of stick with it and you know be be motivated and really you know sell yourself, you know, sell sell what you're able to do, and you know I I would personally I, I stayed away from making promises to kids, and that's something I told them is hey I'm not going to promise you anything. But I could promise you, you know, hey, I, you know, who I am as a person and what I am about as a, as a coach and, you know, what my goals are. And, you know, it, thankfully, you know, the, the group of guys that I had bought into what I had to say. And, um, you know, I think that they've done a great job of buying in throughout the season as well. And another thing I noticed is uh, some of these guys will recruit their other, yep. you know, their other That's teammates or, or, or former teammates. Yeah. So they come here and they like the organization, they like you, whatever it is, and then yep. they go back to their hometown guys and be like, yeah, you guys should come join yep. us, come play. Um, you get some a couple late season additions, such as like Jake Minch, who's yep. a local guy from, from Stevens Point, didn't start the season with you, yep. but has stepped in and played a big yeah. role uh, in and, this defensive group. Yep, and that was a case too where I, I originally recruited him um, last season as well. You know, I was extremely interested in getting him to come play. Um, but, you know, he was one of those players where, hey, I, you know, I kind of, I, I, I want to focus on school and, you know, I, you know, I kind of want to take a break from hockey. And I was like, all right, you know, if you miss it, let me know. And, you know, chances, you know, it's a high yeah. percentage of kids start missing it. And so, you know, he's one of those cases where he missed it. We had a good conversation coming in and he actually went to school. You know, another case where I got him through another player with Ian Raditz and he's like, hey, he wants to come play again. And I'm like, perfect. You know, I knew, I knew everything about him. So I'm like, I couldn't have been happier with that. And he's been fantastic for us. Yeah, it's worked out pretty well. Um, all right, so another thing that uh, a lot of people may not actually realize is that there is an NA3 draft. Mm -hmm. And uh, talking to Raleigh Carlson a couple weeks ago, he said the reason he found out or decided he was actually going to play yep. uh, NA3 hockey was because he was looking through the draft and his name was right there, top 10. <laughs> he didn't even realize he was going to be drafted. So uh, there is the NA3 draft, but there's also a tendering process. Yep. Um, can you just maybe tell us a little bit about the difference there or uh, – who is eligible to go into the draft? Is it only sure. uh, is it only kids that are? I guess you just tell me who's eligible for the yeah. draft and what's the tendering process. So the tendering process is, you know, it's it's a commitment made by the kid, um, where he's you know he makes a commitment to the team where if I'm playing in the NA3, I'm going to be playing with you. You know, protects my rights. Uh, you know, but it's not a, it's not a promissory. No, it's not a signed contract by any means. It basically just protects his rights throughout the league. 
um, where it says, you know, hey, no, other teams are not able to talk with him. Uh, and, you know, basically, you know, I signed, I signed Cato Iluda to a tender last year. He worked out great for us. Um, and, you know, and that's it's a process where, um, you know, if they make a higher league, and that's kind of what I tell them, if you make a higher league, I am not going to stop you by any means. But, you know, that use this as a backup plan. You know, use this to come back here and, uh, you know, be close to home. A lot of it is for, for the local kids as well. And, um, you know, use this as a, as a commitment to have have a, you know, peace of mind with, you know, so you're not panicking come August, you know, and that's a big thing as well. Um, draft process, you know, the kids that are eligible to be drafted are obviously the kids that aren't tendered or protected by another NA3 program. Um, but, though, you know, those are more of the, the higher profile kids who, you know, are a little bit more reluctant to sign a tender, but you've been speaking with them more often. And it's it's just kind of a peace of mind to, to protect their rights where, you know, if, if they do decide to come play NA3, they'll play for you. Um, if not, you know, no sweat off your back, you know, they'll play at a higher league or whatnot. And, but it's... Uh, it's another process as well. So they have an option to sign a tender before yep. being drafted. Yep, correct. So it gives them more of an option to pick where they want. Correct. Okay. Yep, correct. Makes, makes total sense. Um, so then let's let's take a player like Raleigh Carlson. Uh, he's been here with you for a couple of years. Yep. He is going to age out, I believe. This yep. is his last year. Uh, the goal of playing NA3 hockey is, as we've talked about, to move on to a higher level. Correct. And uh, a lot of these kids don't get that opportunity, but a ton of them also do. Uh, I saw at the showcase after you guys played, I, I can't remember if it was Yellowstone or who it was, yep. um, but tons of scouts talking to many of yeah. your different players. And uh, obviously, again, that's the goal. So what is your role in helping these players uh, either get noticed by other yep. teams or move on at the end of the season? Uh, what is your your yeah. relationship with these other coaches or your sure. responsibilities for your players? Yep. So it's it's a lot of phone calls. Uh, you know, it's basically just saying, hey, I got I got some players here that you might be interested in, uh, and selling you know selling what they have to offer, uh, and, and you know, in hopes of moving them on. Because I mean, that's why that's the that's the goal. Like you said, is you know, and that's that's the purpose of my job is to you know make sure that these kids get what they came here for, and that's you know whatever their goals are, you know. Um, and not everybody, not everybody that's playing here, you know, has goals of continuing to play hockey, and that's you know that's totally up to them. Um, but still, you know, regardless, I still you know you still got to throw their name out there and get them you know get them the looks so that they do have those options. Um, you know, like I said, lots of phone calls, you know, lots of just putting their name out there and hopefully you know getting their schedules to line up so that they could take a look at them. And you know, like you said, the NA3 showcase in Blaine is just a fantastic event. You know, so many scouts there. So many people to you know to talk to them. It's it's also great for the players, you know, to show them, hey, this is worth it. You know, your hard work is being seen, and you know, here's a great opportunity, and you know, a great another opportunity that's fantastic is a top prospects tournament, and uh, we're able to send three players there, you know, per season, and it's a uh, fantastic tournament. It's the best players in the league come at once, and you know, it's basically an all-star game for sure. you know for the league, and lots of exposure there, which is fantastic. Do you guys already have your mind made up as to who you're sending this year? Or uh, it's still up in the yeah, air, still up for debate. So players I mean, still get to prove themselves yeah, throughout exactly. the majority of the season. Exactly. But another thing is, though, if you do want to continue to play hockey, like it, it might be a little tough to find your spot. But I've, I think for a lot of these players, the opportunities are there as Absolutely. long as you keep digging and you find you, you find your roster spot. Like yep. even. For example, uh, Taryn Moore has played third string for a majority of the season. Yeah. hasn't seen a ton of ice time. He got talked to by multiple scouts yep. over at the yep. uh, over at the showcase. So and he actually he actually is joining uh, St. Norbert's ACHA club team uh, at semester, which is you know fantastic for him. It's you know it's another another example of how the, the junior development model works out, and it's uh, you know I couldn't be happier for Taryn as well. Sure. Well, congratulations to him. I, I did not know that finding that out yeah. now. But hopefully, maybe we can talk to him one more time on the podcast before he takes off. Sure. Um, so. 
we brought up uh, goalies, so let's stick with goalies. Um, do you have plans for recruiting next year? Are you wanting uh, both these guys to come back? Obviously, yep. uh, LaForge is a bit younger than Clad, yep. I think, and he was Clad, Clad is aging so out this year, so Clad we're going to try and move okay. him onto a to a good level. And you know, Clad, you know, Clad has his options open, and he's got he's got opportunities available to him as well. And it's kind of a you know, determination of what's what's the best fit for him. You know, what are his future goals, and what does he want to do? Uh, but you know, like I said, you know, recruiting it starts from the net out. You know, and it's cliche, and you'll hear everybody say it, but it, you know, it really is absolutely true. And um, I think we have a fantastic start with Joseph. Uh, he's you know he's full of raw potential, and I think you know with a good off season, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him. And you know, just because of his size and his you know his athleticism for being as big as he mm-hmm. is, he does catch the eye of quite a bit of quite a bit of people. And you know, it's just going to be part of getting him that exposure and getting him in front of some people more more people so that he could get you know catch those eyes um but you know like i said he's he's the sky's the limit for him in, in all honesty and it's fantastic that he's got a couple more years of eligibility left you know so if he decides to continue with it yeah and you guys lucky you got to the forge first before i'm sure as you mentioned a lot of eyes uh looking his sure. direction and uh, you might even have to fend off some other people <laughs> uh to keep him around for a year or so but um, uh, with LaForge and uh, his, like you said, raw talent and abilities, uh, common theme with you guys this year, being pretty heavily outshot um, o- over the course of the season. So it is extremely important to uh, have a solid tenny back there who doesn't mind seeing sometimes 50 shots yeah. a game. So I think uh, that's another important thing. And I think all of your goaltenders have that ability and they, they don't mind seeing a ton of pucks no. and they actually want uh, that action, yep. that constant action throughout the game. Some goalies, you know, they don't like if you start making them see more than 25 shots, they get, yep. you know, they get a little heated or they think they're having to work too hard. But uh, I have not noticed that even one bit in any of your goal Yeah, and you know, and that's that's a tough, it's kind of a, there's a fine line between that. But I mean, you know, the more shots you see, it only makes you better. And, you know, nobody likes to see getting 40, 50 shots a game. I mean, that's just, it's hard to win games when that's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, plain and simple, obviously. I mean, that's, that's basically been the story of our season. But um, you know, and it's it's just going to make you better. You know, as as a whole, all our way around. You know, as a goaltender especially. So I mean, that's a that's a great thing for them, in my opinion. And you know, that's that was a you know kind of a good thing for them to you know be exposed to. All right, and just to round out our conversation a little bit, we'll probably touch on this uh, even more, like when the season actually comes to a conclusion. But well, what's the area that you've seen your team develop as a whole uh, the most in, or, or yeah, I guess you could split it up to your defensive group or a certain line, or has there been something that's jumped out at you that like, wow, these guys are so much better at this than they were a few months ago at the beginning of the season? Yeah, um, you know, oddly enough, I, I, could, I could honestly say our defensive positioning is much better. You know, it doesn't necessarily re- reflect on the scoreboard, um, but as a whole, our defensive positioning, you know, guys are getting their spots. They're knowing what they're, you know, what's going on. They're finding their assignments. They're finding the open man. Um, and that's, you know, I, I give them kudos for that. And, you know, honestly, I think the biggest, the biggest thing about this team is regardless of what the score is, they don't stop. And, you know, they don't quit. And that's, you know, that's, some, that's all I can ask for in a, in a group of guys. And that's, you know, I mean, that's going to, you know, I'll be the first one to say that losing sucks. You know, there's nothing worse than I hate losing more than anything. But... You know, at the end of the day, you kind of got to take a step back and realize, hey, you know what, we're going to be so much better because of this. And, you know, as a group, you know, being being tight knit because of this and going through the same thing as a, as a family and as a group, you know, you're just going to get so much better. And I mean, these are the things that you're not going to realize now, but going forward, it's just going to make you so much better in life as well. Because mm-hmm. you know what, whether you're down 6-1, 7-1, whatever, and playing against the best teams in the league with Rochester, Granite, St. Louis, 
you know, for you to, for, to, you know, take it on the chin and just not stop just says so much about their character. And, you know, it's just, I can't commend the guys enough for that. It's fantastic. Yeah, I've noticed that as well, growing, growing throughout the season, like, this is not a team. Well, first of all, this is not a three-win team. You guys have so much more talent, and you're just yeah. in a very, very tough division. But this team could have so easily, even at the beginning of the season, they could have rolled over, not really cared that yeah. much. You don't see that at all. Like the further you get into the games, you see that the harder these kids or these I shouldn't call them kids. My bad. The harder <laughs> these guys try, and uh, we saw it even last week against St. Louis. Like it wasn't necessarily a blowout, but I think you're down like five goals in in the third period, and they were angry. They didn't yeah. want to be in that position. Like no. they were playing as, as hard as they possibly could, and it's just you know obviously it's disappointing when you have a right. season with when you only get are able to get a handful of wins, especially when you know how good you potentially can yeah. be. But this team never gives up, and uh, with defensive positioning and, and other things that you mentioned, I also have noticed that they play so much tougher in front of the net yeah. at we've the beginning. Something we've been working on. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I noticed that at the beginning of the season, like sometimes whether it was head not on a swivel or just weren't picking up sticks in front or whatever, there was a lot of bing-bang right in yep. front of the net. And that has not been the case so much yep. uh, as of late. Yeah, and that's something I've been preaching is, you know, you got, you got to be tough to play against. You know, no matter what, you get knocked down, you keep going, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, um, you know, a big thing that we've been improving on, like you mentioned, is, you know, in the beginning of the season, you know, we're just staring at the puck. You know, the defensive zone, just puck watching like it was, you know, whatever you want to compare it to. But, and, uh, you know, tic-tac-toe backdoor goals left and right and you know it's something that's that's hard to kind of when you're in the heat of the moment playing playing the game you know it's hard to kind of take a step back and realize okay where do I need to be what do I need to look around at and that's something you know I give them you know extreme kudos for for, mm-hmm. for working at that and improving so so drastically at that so last question here is we're almost at 20 minutes so thank you for uh, okay. your time today but uh, you guys face maybe the best team that you've played uh, all season long yeah. in Granite City. Play, play them twice this weekend, both here at home. Um, obviously, if you could get a, a, a victory out of one of these two games, that'd be huge, but what would be considered a victory for you and your team this weekend coming out of these two games yeah. at Granite City? You know, I think I think in going back, and I'll be the first one to say I absolutely hate moral victories. You know, there's nothing, nothing worse than that, but, um, you know, I think, honestly like you said they're just they're a powerhouse team they always have and they've been you know 10-year program they've been a powerhouse every single year um but you know like i said a victory for us is just continuing to play with them and you know and it's that's a big thing also is that you know with the competition we're seeing we're playing some of the best players you know we are playing in a pile of players and that's it only makes our guys better and you know and that's another thing that you got to get the guys to realize is you know regardless of the score you're getting so much better by playing these guys and you know i think it's it's hard to realize that but i think once once it kind of slows down a little bit and they take a step back they'll realize you know holy cow i'm playing some of the best players i've ever played against and you know i'm able to play with them you know regardless of what the score is and you know the fact that they don't stop like i said is just tremendous and i think you know as long as we play a full 60 minutes work our asses off and work as hard as we possibly can i think that's you know that's a victory keep the keep the score as little as we can and focus on our defensive positioning you know, have Clat or Joseph, whoever's playing, you know, stand on their head and play, you know, give a, give us their all. You know, I can't ask for more than that. Sure. And uh, hopefully all those things come together and we get to watch some great hockey here at the yeah. Marathon County Ice Arena this weekend. And uh, also we have, uh, as mentioned earlier in this podcast with uh, Zach Surway, we have the hat giveaway, the beanie giveaway this yep. weekend. So come on down, fill the building, and support your Riverwolves. 
Uh, Coach, thanks for uh, sitting down with me. Probably won't talk to you again until maybe the end of the season. No worries. Uh, but you can uh, see all of our video interviews with uh, head coach Colin Bailey over at Senholes on Sports on YouTube. Coach, good luck this weekend, yep, and uh, we'll me. talk to you later. Thank you. Head to Milwaukee Burger Company in Wausau to score pregame during the 1920 season. Buy two entrees and receive a basket of cheese curds 50% off. You won't regret it.